Well, good morning and welcome to Water and Stone. My name is Dieter Randolph. And I'm Jenny Randolph. And this is the uh, third discussion around our July called out workshop idea. Third and last, right? That's right, yeah. And we're at the end of July, and this has been such a neat experiment so far. Yeah, and I want to thank everybody for kind of being on this journey with us. We've been trying some new stuff. We're going to continue to try new stuff. But what I'm finding, and I know you're seeing this too, is we're getting really good feedback from people, some questions and comments, people working on the homework, and I hope you are one of those people working on the homework, but just in general that people like the way that this feels, and I like the way that this feels. Now, that said... I'm really excited about next week being able to get up and do a workshop, especially because this next workshop is about something very, very near and dear to my heart. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Yeah. Don't steal your own thunder. You have to tune in next week for um, the big deal. The big deal. But right now, I just want to remind you, and we've said this a few times, but we've had a workshop and three discussions. The first discussion is about the big picture of the call that idea. And the second discussion is about how that works in you. And now today we're going to be talking about what it means to be called out in your life. It's kind of the out part of the called out thing. And before we start with our prayer, I want to remind you that that's the key to a lot of stuff. As we've said in one way or another a few times now, everybody because God is everywhere, because we all share the same heart, the same, we're all made out of the same wonderful cosmic stuff. Everybody is called. Not everybody knows it. Everybody feels that yearning to go and do and be more. Not everybody knows what it is, but everybody is called. You're called. The question becomes, what are you going to do with it? Are you called? Do you acknowledge it? And are you going to do something out in the world? It's kind of the parallel. Remember, the fifth part of the homework is give people grace and space, remember? And the idea is, I see God working in your life. I'm giving you grace and I'm giving you the space to work that out. Well, being called out is the other end of that. I see myself as called and I resolve to take action based on what's in my heart. And so I want to challenge you as we enter the last week of this assignment, this homework, this called out idea, I want to challenge you to make sure you're acting on your faith. You're acting on your passion. You've got a wonderful love in your heart. Does the world know it? The people who you're with, who you're quarantined with, for example, or whatever, do they know what's on your heart? That's really important because that's how you change the world. And with that in mind, let's have our opening prayer. God God is and I am. I stand on holy ground. Right here and right now, there is truth. Right here and right now, there is freedom. Right here and right now, there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. From now on, I speak the truth. From now on, I choose freedom. From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. And so it truly is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so as we get into this, as always, we've gotten some feedback, not just from the previous week, but throughout some of the things that it felt like it would be more appropriate to talk about here in the 
out into the world phase mm-hmm. of the discussion and all of that. And so wanted to share some of the things I know you've got your printout and I've got mine. One of the things that came up a lot, and you're going to see it's for obvious reasons when we get to talking about it. The, the verbiage changed a little bit depending on who was asking the question. Sometimes it wasn't even a question. Sometimes it was just an observation. Mm-hmm. Over and over again, in one way or another, people are saying, okay, how do you deal with other people as far as, and here we go, the whole wearing a mask idea? And obviously, we're not talking about Halloween. We're talking about the COVID thing. We're talking about wearing a mask in public. And in a lot of places, it's just the law right now. Yeah. But- a lot of stores have said you can't come in unless you have a mask on. And that has prompted some outrage from some, you know, that that they don't want to wear a mask for one reason or another. <laughs> they feel like it's impeding them, you know. And and that being said, I, I just want to preface this to say you know, with the whole grace and space sort of thing, it really doesn't do any good to shame those people. No, no Or no, no. to point those people out. Uh, I would say avoid them because there might be, I saw, I saw a post or an article the other day where, you know, it might be traumatic for people to wear face covering for one reason or another. Some people are suffering PTSD, you know, so I don't, this is not to shame them. I think that people feel very strongly one way or the other. Right. And this and, is not a and, place for vigilante I, justice. Right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and and so I just want to say before we get into this, because obviously you and I have our opinions about it. There's been a lot of scientific studies. Even Bill Nye, for crying out loud, has come out and, you know, and did his little candle experiment and said, listen. Go find that if you don't know what yeah. come on. Bill Nye, the science guy. He has a wonderful, wonderful explanation. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of people and scientists and medical experts that have come out and said, you know what, this is, this is the way to go. But I don't want this to turn into, and, and again, in your life, if you see somebody that's not wearing a mask, it's not our job to, uh, like you said, be vi- vigilante justice. Yeah, I'm, I don't, don't want. Be a, don't be a Karen. I don't want to hear. Really, yeah, don't, just don't. And don't uh, be an anti-Karen and either. Do, don't be an I anti-Karen. Don't, I don't right, want to yeah. hear about anybody running after somebody going. Where's that mask? I got to tell you, I have those feelings too. I have very strong feelings that you should be wearing a mask. And sometimes I have to bite my tongue a little bit because I kind of want to. Every once in a while, less and less. Fortunately, but every once in a while you'll see somebody in the grocery store, even though it's now against the law and all that, you see somebody and I have a desire to go, hey, 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 what are you doing? It's that daddy in you. Well, you know. The dad, the the big dad energy. I got to tell you, I don't know if this is unique to me or not. I suspect that everybody has some version of this, but I feel very strongly about being a minister. And so when I see people abusing the ministerial thing, you know, abusing their power or you know, you see somebody taking some somebody's last dime, but they're driving a Maserati. Right. I, that drives me crazy. Yeah. And I love being a dad, for example. And so I'm especially sensitive to when I see people clearly being bad parents. And, you know, I don't want to judge other parents because you never know you what, never know what, what the, the kid did that day. Are. But sometimes yeah. you can tell that, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? And I'm very sensitive to it. And I think this is an extension of that. I really feel and we're going to get into it here in a second. But I really feel that wearing the mask is just an opportunity to love your neighbor. That's all that we're really talking about. And when I see someone 
and you can say it's true. Some people might have some kind of a traumatic thing. Some people are worried about it, but there's also people who just want to do what they want to do and they're being belligerent about it. And I got to say that that gets under my skin. I'm human too. I'm growing. I'm learning how to give grace and space and how to be a merciful and forgiving and all of that. And that's very tricky sometimes. So let's talk a little bit about, because it's come up from a lot of people, let's talk a little bit about what it means to be called out in the context of this very real thing that's going on right now. One of the things I had to snicker a little bit a minute ago because it reminded me, some people have posted and reposted. Um, I think it's like West Palm Beach. There were people like protesting the county ordinance about mask wearing. And this one person got up and she said, you know, God gave us this wonderful breathing mechanism and you're trying to cancel that out. Yeah, and it's like, it was. No, no one's trying to get you to quit breathing. No. In fact, we want you to get want really to good at breathing. We want you to be empowered to breathe. But, you know, that's part of the thing. What I wanted to get into is the idea that God has given us everything that we have. A big part of prosperity. And in a way, this third conversation is kind of about prosperity. Prosperity is about how you interact with the world and all that. Well, and what you, how you, like you said, how you interact with the world and how that kind of radiates around yeah, you, right? Exactly. And, and so it has to do, prosperity just doesn't have to do with money um, or what you have in, in fact, your bank account. In fact, money is kind of a byproduct. It's kind of a byproduct. Money is a byproduct of prosperity. Yeah, exactly. So prosperity can mean your health. It can mean good family relationships. It can mean security and safety and peace. Yeah. You know, we talked a lot good about times. peace. Remember we talked about right. that. Right. We, we talked but, about a lot, peace a lot last week, but we were, we were talking about it and- the idea of being called out. And I want to go back to like the Bill Nye idea because there's a lot of videos and stuff out there that will tell you, okay, here's the scientific stuff to wear a mask. But there's always that one person on your friend list and you know exactly who I'm talking about because everybody's got one um, that finds the one video from some crackpot scientist <laughs> yeah. like that doesn't have any kind of a degree and they're like, see... See, this is, you know, this is, this is why you shouldn't wear a mask because this article says, and, and it's like one in like a million. Well, and that is where we can abstract this out. A big part of the prosperity idea has to do with understanding that whatever you have, God gave it to you. If you know that, that's sort of table stakes. If you know that whatever you have, God gave it to you. You're going to stop cursing what's going on in front of you. You're going to start accepting it. You're going to start loving it, for example. You want a new car, start waxing the one you have. Give it some love. Treat it like it was not given, but loaned to you by God. And you will set yourself up, for example, to be in a position where you're ready for a, a nicer car. That's just one example. It's not even you a particularly great... With a little, yeah, I will put I you... Will, you know, it's right it's exactly there in the Bible. Right there. So... Part of prosperity, step one of prosperity has to do with honoring. Can you honor? And I think that that's really, really important. And the thing that I think people don't think about when they hear that word honor, they think that honor means I'm going to accept it just as it is. Honoring means being challenged by it. 
If I honor my father and mother, like the commandment says, it means I'm going to listen to them and think about what it is when you're a kid and you got to listen to your father and mother. It means being challenged by them to do the thing that maybe you don't want to do, like clean your room. I'm going to be respectful with the idea that they've been somewhere that I haven't been yet. And I'm going to treat that honor with, with my flexibility. I'm going to stretch myself. Honoring your car that you have now means doing the thing you don't want to do. I don't like the way it drives, but I'm going to love it so that I can move beyond it. Honoring means coming out of your comfort zone. And any example you can think of that involves honoring somebody means a little bit of work, a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of coming out of your comfort zone. So to that one person on your friends list. On your friends list. It's the thing of... (laughs) When 99.99% of the prevailing wisdom says you should wear a mask and they've got scientific reasons, there's just kindness reasons, there's all kinds of reasons. If you bend yourself into a pretzel to find this one weird post that Mm -hmm. says, well, this one guy said I shouldn't, therefore I'm not doing it. That's not honoring because what you're doing is I'm working as hard as I can to stay in my comfort zone so I can do what I want to do instead of being stretched. And when you think of it that way, you realize that there are implications of this that go far beyond the COVID thing, far beyond the mask thing. Think about your life. And here's part of the homework this time around. Think about your life. How hard will you work to stay in your comfort zone? What are you willing to ignore when all of the signs are, now think about it, it could, it's not just COVID, like I said, it could be dating. When all of the signs are, this person is a train wreck mm-hmm. and all of your friends are like, you know what? I think I saw them on America's Most Wanted, but mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, but you know, do you know? And there's a difference between listening to your heart right. and listening to your ego. Now, that's a muscle that you have to exercise. You know, you got to get good at it and you get good at it by listening, by practicing the silence, for example, that kind of thing. At the end of the day, ask yourself, are you listening to your ego and fighting to stay in your comfort zone or are you going to stretch yourself? Now, with the mask thing, you can say, look, I don't want to wear the mask. Nobody wants to wear the mask. Not a lot of people are excited about pretending they're a desperado. You know, (laughs) it's not a thing. But I have some cute ones, though. You do have some cute I have ones, some I have some really to say. cute masks that, like, match all Leave my clothes it to Jenny. and stuff yeah. like that. I'm she, like, if, if, if this is what we need to do, let's do it with there style. There is mask coordination right? going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. I prefer a basic black mask where I have several of them. But anyway, um, nobody wants to wear the darn thing. That's not what this is. Everyone is having to do something that they don't want to do, but they do it for the greater good. Like Mm -hmm. I said at the top of this, this is an opportunity to love your neighbor. Ask yourself, are there opportunities in your life to love your neighbor, even if it's doing something that's not in your comfort zone? If so, it's probably something that you should be doing so that you can grow, so that you can honor. There's that word again, Mm -hmm. so that you can honor something. But let's get real simple. You don't want to wear the mask. What if you're right and it wasn't necessary? That one weird post on Facebook from someone who got their degree from the back of a comic book next to the x-ray specs. They say you don't have to wear a mask. Can you tell how I feel about it? (laughs) Um, They say you don't have to wear the mask. What if you're right? And what if they're right? Okay, so you've been inconvenienced. Right. What if you're wrong? And you're hurting people for no good reason. You're being belligerent. You're causing insecurity. You're potentially uh, being part of the problem instead of part of the solution. Well, and we so you do the Pascal's wager thing, we you know? Ta- yeah, we talked about it last week about if you need to defend something so hard, mm. 
what are you trying to convince yourself of? You know, and that really is take a long, hard look. So, but I think, I think, I think at this point they get the point. And, and again, as that's a question again, that came up a lot for us this week, because a lot of stores dropped the, um, the rule that they had to do that. Right. So. Well, I just want to say one, one thing. If you're working that hard to tie yourself into a knot just to stay in your comfort zone, whether it's about COVID or about anything else, you're not being a renegade. You're not a maverick. You're not a hero. That's what fear does. Right. If you're the one voice trying to stay small when the rest of the world is trying to coax you out of something into something more loving, something bigger, you're not a renegade. You're afraid. And you know what? Everybody gets afraid about stuff. It's okay to be afraid. But the thing to do, the thing that heroes do is face your fear and move out of your comfort zone in peace, on purpose, because you know who you are. It makes me think of a situation where people will spend all kinds of money and go on a pilgrimage and buy the special outfit and do all of the things so that they can see the guru who doesn't ask them to change their life, just says, look, let me apply the magic oil or let me t- say some special words. And now you can keep on doing what you've always exactly been doing. Exactly what you've been doing. Right. And it's so funny to me because the amount of effort that I see people do to spend the money and make the journey and quit their job so they can go on their pilgrimage and buy the things and alienate people and, and all of that stuff, all of that work could be just used to change your behavior into something healthier. But like I said, ask yourself, How important your comfort zone is because that comfort zone is a mask that's hiding the world far more than a little piece of cloth over your nose and mouth. And comfort is different than peace. You know, I just, I think that that, that. we talked about that last week. I love that. You know, comfort is different than peace. And I think that when you really get down to it, you know, you'll figure that out just like we said. Yeah, people walking the Appalachian Trail are at peace. It might not not be be comfortable. Right, exactly. There's something there, mm-hmm. you know. Be on a journey. It's okay to be afraid about it, but embrace that. Okay, so that being said, you know how we feel. You should be wearing your mask. We're all in this together. Come on now. Okay, enough of that. One of the things that also came up a lot is because I, in my workshop, I talked about the idea that I want to be a minister, always wanted to be a minister, but what I don't want to be is a building manager. And what I talked about in the workshop is the idea that sometimes it's easy to get those two titles confused. It's easy to get into uh, an edifice complex where you, thank you, where you're trying to, uh, (laughs) where you get so caught up in building the building in the outer thing that you forget the inner calling. And along the way, the outer thing doesn't feed you anymore. Right. But interestingly enough, that outer thing starts to make demands. There are churches all over the country who are in financial trouble in the outer, all of that because people can't go to church, mm-hmm. you know, and we're coming up with alternate ways to reach out to people and stuff like that. But it's true of very small churches where they don't have a whole lot of people supporting that organization. Mm-hmm. But it's also true of very large churches because a large church has to be heated and air conditioned. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a big staff and there's publicists and there's people taking tickets at the door. And some churches, the mega churches have, you know, concession stands or whatever. Right. It, it scales. And you can build this big thing that then becomes your master because you have to serve that. 
Now, once again, I recognize that very few people watching this right now are the ministers of small, medium, large, mega churches. But each and every one of us knows what it is to have that edifice complex. Each and every one of us knows what it is to think that success, happiness means getting this outer thing and that thing becomes your master. We have made the golden calf and now we kneel to worship it. It's the same old story. So I talked about that Mm -hmm. and I went all the way around that because I think it's so important because it can happen in life. We live in a culture that is materialistic in some ways and we're working on changing that paradigm but right now understand that for a lot of people success means a big car and big hair you know so so let me ask you this as as we're talking about that because i think i know where you're going with this because i live with you i'm glad one of us does (laughs) and we talk about it so what is the role of tithing Mm -hmm. of fundraising of of giving money to your church homes right. you know what is what is the role because like you said before it it can become this huge cumbersome thing that that that's where all of your energy goes to and you lose yourself and and maybe you know you don't give as good sermons anymore or you you know i mean yeah like well, you said you, be, you become the building manager so yeah. so what is the role as far as small medium and large churches um why do we tithe why do we give why do we you know fundraise do all of that kind of stuff well there's two parts of it and and this came up some people asked some questions around this because I talked about the building manager thing in my workshop, but I also mentioned a television preacher who we won't name, who was basically saying, remember this, if you saw the workshop, he was basically saying, I know because of this Corona thing, you've lost your job, you've lost your job don't but you got to keep tithing. Yeah. And I just, I just rolled my eyes. I just, it just, oh, come on guy. Come on. Don't do this. You're making us all look bad. You know, that kind of thing. And I pointed that out in the workshop and, as I said, it's a little bit of a sensitive issue for me because they're making us all look bad. I'm working hard here to make the church happen, to have this as a place that can feed people. Mm-hmm. And if when people think of church, they think of that dude all right. greased up on television, it's it hurts what I'm trying to do, you know. So there are things. So you go, okay, well, if that's the case, then do what's the point? Just yeah, as you because said. We, we bless the offerings and we mm-hmm. tell people where they can donate. And that is a big part of you know, how we can keep this going. We pay for internet access yeah. and, you know, all of it. Equipment, you know, equipment stuff, and, promotions, you, know, you name yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot, there are expenses. You that can tell have. that it doesn't go into hair care for me. But <laughs> one of the, there's, there's two parts of this really. And part of it is, is a very concrete sort of material part of it. And that is that just as you said, we, we do this because, this is free of charge and we're trying to support what we're doing and we're trying to grow this. Mm-hmm. And obviously there are always bills to pay. It's just part of the deal. No big deal. You get it. But part of it too is that while giving is not the goal of what we're doing, we are here to serve the Holy Spirit. We are here to try and help people to try to bring faith to bear on real life. You know, that's kind of what we're trying to do. Giving is not the goal. This isn't a money-making scheme. Mm-hmm. It's not even a get-rich-slow scheme. But I do pay attention to the giving, and I look at those numbers, and I've got a thing on in the computer that generates reports and, and all of that kind of stuff. Because giving is a byproduct. It is a bellwether of 
my ability, of our ability to feed people. In other words, all of that means if I'm not feeding people, then they're not giving. Right. And I do everything I can to, to do to, to get the message across and all that. But at the end of the day, if people aren't giving, I know that I'm not feeding people. Right. And so I pay attention to that because I go, oh, wait a minute. Apparently, this isn't getting through to people, so I need to change something. The last thing I'm going to do is start goosing the giving and stuff right, like that. Right, right. That's, not, well, what that's, that means. not, that's but, not our style anyway. But, but, if, but if giving is way down or something like that, I go, oh, I guess that didn't. Well, it that didn't did, land that, right. Yeah, didn't, that didn't hit. That didn't hit right. What can we do? And so we're constantly reevaluating. But so there's for, a mechanical side, a material right. side to it. For me, I think, you know, whether you're going to, let's say you're going to have a massage, right? And remember those? I know. I'm, I, I <laughs> don't. I, I was just saying earlier. I. I desperately need a pedicure, I, like desperately. And I was like, could you learn how to do it? And you're like, you no, no way. Do you don't want me to do that. That's not why I was put here on the planet. <laughs> this is why we go out. Yeah, no, but there's a lot of things that, that, that I miss doing. So a lot of self-care kind of a kind of a deal. But anyway, you go and you get this massage and there is, you're paying somebody for their services, right? For mm. the massage and and at the end of it, but there is this exchange of not, I don't want to say the word energy, but there's. Because that sounds because woo-woo. That it's sounds not a vibration thing. Is, no, no. But, but, that's, but that's exactly what it is. It's an exchange of intentions, I think, is, is how it goes. Like, I, I intend to, to have this service and you intend to be paid for it. Well, church is one of the only places that that feels like, well, why, you know, remember, and, and it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. If you are actually being blessed by something, if there's something that occurs to you in your heart, in your head, that is, that moves you to change your life, well, that's an exchange of intentions, Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I think it is our and it's responsibility. Not at all. It's, it's, it's not. It's very it's, down to earth, right? And and there is, in my mind, there is no difference for when I go in and pay for a massage, which you don't bring anything home with you, but but the actual experience, right? So mm-hmm. I think that that's the closest analogy. But I really don't see a difference between that and like going and getting a sandwich. That sandwich is going to disappear. You, you're not going to be able to, but you're going to enjoy and you exchange that intentional, I intend to eat the sandwich, you intend to continue right. to make them. Right. And and so with church and with services or lessons or anything like that, is if your intention is to take it and use it, well, then it is your responsibility to give towards that intention. Right. Otherwise, you block the flow. And well, nothing, you know, it's like nothing bad is going to happen, but you do block your own and well, and that's your the own thing. prosperity This flow. gets into the second part. The first part is just a material thing of paying the bills and, and all that kind of thing. But what's going on on a deeper level is when you give, when you tithe to wherever you receive spiritual food, and we say it now yeah, all the it time, ha- if, I hope that you feel fed by what you're doing. I hope that by what we're doing rather. And I hope that you you feel led to support that. But I want you and I want us and this whole church family, every single person watching, I want you to be a tither to wherever Mm -hmm. you receive spiritual food. And that word intention is huge. Be intentional about going wherever I am, I'm going to give. 
Because when you set yourself up to give, you are setting yourself up to receive. You are intentional about there being something of merit going on there. Mm -hmm. If you're just trying to get away with not giving, with not exposing your heart, with not sharing your love and substance as well, it means you're also not letting anything in. And you're just moving through life with no particular room for growth. Once again, this is part of the deal. So I want to make it very clear. Once again, the the money or the demonstration, Mm -hmm. the car, the clothes or whatever is not the goal. But by the same token, uh, privation, uh, not having anything, that doesn't make you spiritual either. Right. Ideally, things come and go in your life and you honor them and you move on. Think There's about Jesus. Flow. Did Jesus didn't say, guys, we are going to starve. Right. It wasn't we are like going to re- suffer. <laughs> it wasn't a reality oh, show. Yeah. Remember, his whole ministry was about getting done with suffering. Mm-hmm. His whole ministry was about, you know what? The bills come, we pay the bills and move on. The bills aren't the point. Yeah. The, the taxes got paid. Yeah. Yeah. Seamless robe, the whole thing. It's just never the point. That's what prosperity looks like. And so if you want to have that kind of prosperity in your life, set yourself up to give because that will allow you to receive what you need. It is your opportunity to give. We say that a lot. There's a minister um, I always looked up to named Richard Billings. He was a minister in Chicago for a long time. And in his church, he didn't even call it a love offering. He called it responsible giving because his thing was, you are responsible to give. It's your responsibility so that you can responsibly mm-hmm. receive. And I like that. I never really use that, but I get where he's coming from. And so what is the role of giving? The role is this is how we grow. Set yourself up to do that wherever you are and you will grow. But that dovetails um, with what we were talking about a minute ago. Can you give a little? Right. As far as wearing the mask, as far as being open and receptive, as far as not working so hard to defend and put a wall around your comfort zone. But can you give of your heart, give of your time, give your of your attention wherever you go? Can you bring a present? Well, it reminds me. You know, that kind of thing. It reminds me of we are tithers. And we tithe a lot of places. We have done um, tip the bill. I don't know if you know about that, but when you go and and you're eating dinner and you tip the price of your entire meal. And we've done that a couple of times. And I remember that one gentleman, it was really, I just had a feeling I was moved. He was so sweet and he was just working so hard. And we got to know him and he was talking a little bit about, you know, oh yeah, this is, I'm I'm moving. And I just felt, very blessed by his presence. Yeah. And he had said a couple of things that really got me thinking in a different direction. And I thought, you know what? We have to tip the bill because I was moved by this person. Right. And, and, and you're so great because I'm the crazy one. I'm like, all right, nope, we're doing this. We're moving this. We're buying this. We're doing whatever. And, um, he, he uh, we ended up tipping the bill mm. and we always kind of leave. So you get what tip the bill means. Like if the bill was 20 right. bucks, you tip 20 you bucks. You tip $20. So it's 40 bucks. Right, exactly. Go. So they they get that tip. Well, we had gone in a couple of days later and he um, he saw us and he, he, he wasn't waiting on us that time. But he's like, I just have to tell you, it was such an amazing thing. My in-laws were there. My wife was there. And I, I was able to let them know that I'm succeeding, that I'm supporting their daughter. That And it was just such a beautiful blessing to hear him. So, so yeah. he was like, so thank you so much. And I'm like, well, thank you because you really caused us to think about things in a different way. Right. So can you, can you right. tip the bill literally or figuratively? Because when you're doing that, what happens is 
and and I got to tell you, you're better at this than I am. You were looking for an opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I and, always, I'm always on the lookout. Right. But so honestly, by looking for an opportunity to do that, we heard and interacted with our server in a way that was far more than perfunctory. Right. You know, you actually were open and receptive to, you know what, this is a human being right. who's bringing me food. Right. You know, that kind of a thing. When you set yourself up to the equivalent of tip the bill, whatever that is in your life, just to have an exchange with the cashier at Publix, to take a minute when there's a street musician and actually mm-hmm. listen to what they've spent so many years learning how to do or whatever, whatever the equivalent yeah, is. And if when you're you become that, by that music, you will set, yeah. your, but the thing is you'll set yourself up to be moved. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that people don't talk about a lot. Some people go, well, I will tithe when I receive spiritual food. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. But if but you're are still, you looking, yeah, but are you looking for arms it? Crossed, yeah. Go out and look for opportunities. So it is responsible giving, be responsible, be a giver wherever you happen to be and you will surely prosper. And, and one of the things that that, that I think of is we were watching a, a TV show a long time ago and uh, it, it's a couple who are now famous, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines. And but now it was they, when they were just yeah. beginning. And you've like heard they, of them by now, the yeah, whole Magnolia yeah, no, like the Empire. Empire. I think yeah. they have their own government. <laughs> yeah. and it's, uh, you know, they have a, a police right? force. And yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to them colonizing the moon with Listen, Shiplap. Listen, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Shiplap for everyone. But it's going to be all right. In the early days, they, they had this show and it was just such a wonderful thing because all they had was the two of them And I think when we started houses. watching it, we they had only been on for, this was when they had only been on for maybe a season or two. Yeah. And they had just come out with their Magnolia store online. Yeah. And, and they it was had just about like, like a coffee cup and things. a thing. And they had 10 things on their store that you can buy. You could buy like a wreath or a couple of coffee cups or whatever like that. Right. And so what we, we were just watching the show because watching the show, but- I went to their little website, which at that time was a small thing that clearly like some friend of theirs had done. It wasn't this big entropic web empire like it is now. And they had their mission statement. Mm -hmm. And I was so moved by their chemistry on TV, by what they were doing, by the love that they clearly showed. But also their mission statement included the phrase, don't quit work until you feel proud. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, that I need to feel that way. And that yeah. really moved me because I had I'd been going through some stuff in my own life where I wasn't feeling very proud of what I was doing. I just wanted to quit so I could sit down on the couch and watch television. You know that kind of thing. You know what I mean? And so I thought, you know what? I need to apply that to my life. And so we just said, okay, we got to tithe to these people. You can't always yeah. send somebody five dollars or whatever. But so we bought a coffee cup from mm-hmm. there. At that time, that was a yeah, reasonable was, budgetary yeah. concern for us when that was going on. And so we did. And I still have the coffee cup in the other room, but. The point is find a way to look for something that inspires you and don't quit till you feel proud. But what That's you're huge. not Yeah, but what you're not saying is that by being inspired by them, you and I were able to have a conversation that led to the first organization which was Unity Society and doing retreats and things like that which eventually led to Water and Stone Church. Mm-hmm. So without being inspired by these people without doing what we needed to do and without tithing and giving and keeping that flow of ideas and spirituality going, I don't think that we would be doing this right now at all. Right. And so, that was so many years ago. And so you never, you never know what it's going to lead you to. That's right. And so the trick is to start this journey and you start the journey by letting yourself be called mm-hmm. out. And as we said before, 
called out is the difference between uh, accidental inspiration and intentional intention. inspiration. Yeah. yeah, You can be a good person and have good ideas and warm, happy feelings all the time. And that's wonderful. It's really great. But if you're not the kind of person who is willing to step out of your comfort zone, you're only going to get inspiration and breakthroughs and, frankly, miracles when you're not looking. Mm -hmm. Think about the Bible. God talks to people in dreams, mm -hmm. through a burning bush, through all kinds of mechanisms. Well, he talks to men in dreams. <laughs> and He talks to women pretty much face well, to face. But remember you know? that, that... He sends an angel, angels directly. Yeah. And he's like, what's up? But the women are usually awake. And just, when just you do your, when you, oh, you're right. But when you do your, <laughs> when you do your uh, literary interpretation, a lot of times that female presence symbolizes the feeling nature, yes. the yeah. heart part of it. Now, that doesn't mean women are more feeling and men are more thinking. That's not what no, it means. No, this no. is symbolic stuff, right? But when you come from a heart place, you are receptive to the direct line, the direct communication mm -hmm. with God. When you get your ego in the way. Which is symbolized by you, it can only happen when you're sleeping. When you're with sleeping, that, because the, all of the, the stuff. macho mojo, well, whatever. and all of the material stuff mm -hmm. and all of the have tos goes right. away because you're. But you're, so you get you're dreaming. You get accidental, occasional inspiration. But when you let yourself be called out, when you come from a feeling place with all of this, you can have intentional inspiration. It's all light and joy and mm -hmm. everything, but it's a difference between a flashlight. And a laser beam. Yeah. And you I get to that. decide. I, I like that. You get to decide how that works for you. So for your homework, find ways to look for an opportunity to quote unquote tip the bill. Not just at a restaurant because you shouldn't be going to restaurants. Because you shouldn't be going to restaurants. But, but. but you know what I mean. Find ways to look for an opportunity to give to the people in your house, to the people in your community, to, to all of it. Because that's how we get through this. Be, be proactive about loving your neighbor. If it means wearing a mask, wear a mask. If I got to start wearing a top hat, I'll wear a top hat. I think you, you know? would do that anyway. Well, fair <laughs> enough. But you know what I mean? Figure out how to get out of your comfort zone. Is it okay? Everyone has to wear a snowshoe and an ice skate because it's for the common good. I'm going to question that, but you know what? I'll probably end up doing it right. because this is what we do because we are all in this together and we grow through this when we go through it together. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, let's take our opportunity to give. God is, God is my, my source, my, my unending supply. With, with this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. I give and I live with radical joy. And so it is. Amen. And as we wrap up today, I want to remind you that next week is a new workshop with a whole new set of ideas and a whole new bunch of homework. It's going to be me standing up and giving a presentation. This is a great time to invite other people to watch. Yep. We always want you to like and subscribe and share these messages. Please keep doing that because that's how we keep this going. But if you've been looking for an opportunity to invite someone to check this out, it's always good to start with the workshop. Yeah, yeah And especially absolutely. this coming uh, Sunday, yeah, because I'm going to be talking about my brand new book. It's here and it's gorgeous and it's so good, y'all. It really is, honestly, one of the most impressive books I have read in a really well, long time. And I know that it's going to sound you're not like, the least oh, bit she's, biased. She's biased and whatever, but honestly, it really is 
so good and I'm so excited for people to read it and to do it. It's it's lovely. I'm, it's well, lovely. I'm, I'm very grateful, but uh, we'll talk more about that. But even if you don't pick up a copy of the book, be there for the workshop because I'm going to be talking about what it means to find what matters and how you can use what you found to change your life. And with that in mind, let's have our dedication prayer. God, I'm, I'm ready, ready for, for change. change. My, My heart, heart is, is open. open. I'm, I'm not, not afraid, afraid anymore. anymore. My, My life is in peace and on purpose. purpose. And so it is and so it does. Amen. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.